began. Welcome to Gab and Jam. Okay, this episode is a special episode in response to an interview that we're doing for tapsongs.com, which is a music blog. And they sent us a list of interview questions, and instead of trying to write it all out and do all that, I figured it was a good opportunity to not only share with them, but share with you some of our journey um, again. So this is one of those uh, question and answer sessions, a special okay. episode, but it is answering questions that have been given to us. So I'll be referring to the to the list. Um, okay, okay, some of the questions are basic. First okay. one is where are you from? Detroit! <laughs> okay, so we're based <laughs> Out of the Detroit area now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, our journey. Yeah. Goes. Yeah. But, but let's just go with Detroit. Let's, let's just go with Detroit. Let's just go with Detroit from All the right. D. All right. We're from the D. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, when did you first begin pursuing music? Uh, when I was born. Right. You know, right. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, pretty much, that's been pretty much. I was about to say, music yeah. is in your DNA from the yeah. earliest. From the earliest, yeah. you know, inception. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, we've been doing music earnestly since probably the 80s. Yeah, the know. 80s, right. Cause we, moving forward. Yeah. yeah, we got together in 86, and we kind of been doing it ever since we got together, yeah. uh, bonding with music. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, who were your favorite artists growing up? Ah, uh, shoot. Um, you know, it all starts for me with the Jackson 5. So, that was like pinnacle for me when I saw them you know that's that's really what made me decide hey I, I want to play an instrument want to do that kind of stuff but after that moved on and all the great groups from the 70s you know especially R&B groups mm-hmm. Sign the Family Stone Earth Wind and Fire mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder Ohio Players mm-hmm. Funkadelic Parliament um, Brothers Johnson Mays but then when you got to the Johnny teen years uh, by the time I got into teen years, you know, Prince, Rick James, um, shoot, um, Rush. Yeah. Um, I was about Police. to say, you got kind of to a rock. Yeah. Uh, more of a, well, I, but, but even before that, you know, yeah. I, like I was loving Paul McCartney and Wings, and yeah, I didn't even know Paul McCartney yeah. was ever with the Beatles. Yeah. You know, so the Beatles, especially like when I got in high school, I really went down a Beatles rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, it was. I used to listen to this all news station, and the day that John Lennon died, um, this station started playing Beatles songs mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and it was like they were playing all these songs. I was like, "Wow, I didn't know the Beatles." You know, it's like I knew them. early Beatles, uh-huh. I didn't know late Beatles. Wow. And so then it's sort of like it's like, "Wow, the Beatles did this, Beatles did that," and, and I really discovered that. And then my brother had, you know, Playboy magazine. They had this interview with John Lennon. And, <laughs> You know, and that was like actually oh one goodness. of the times when you're looking at the magazines for the interview. Right. That interview was so enlightening about the way John Lennon talked about songs and how he wrote songs about how he was feeling. About, and it just opened up a whole new world. Right. So, so yeah, so that, that kind of, you know, committed me to the Beatles after that. So Beatles, Stones, um, a lot of rock bands from that era, you mm-hmm. know, from Def Leppard to yeah. Yes to yeah. Journey to yeah. Foreigner. I mean, you just kind of name it, just a hodgepodge of different stuff. 
uh, Duran Duran from the kind of new wave stuff, yeah. B-52s. Oh, yeah, we just um, put together a playlist for our daughter because yeah. uh, she's now deep into the 80s, and some of the stuff that she's pulling off playlists is the, are the things that we probably like the least. Right. So we put together a playlist for her especially yeah. of the things that we listened to in the 80s. And, and so. it's probably the thing with Prince is that Prince, you know, just seemed to me that he kind of was pulling from the same set, set of influences, influences yeah. that I was pulling yeah, from. And, I agree. And, and he just became a template for how to do it, how to kind of regurgitate that stuff in your own voice. And I guess I kind of so. feel the same way about Prince, about the about the look and about the performance. It was just an amalgam. I mean, he took yeah, the James Brown steps, yes. he took Jimi Hendrix, you know, dress and, and hair and all that, but he put it all together in his own yeah, kind of mix. His own way. So, so yeah. yeah, so it was it was it was taking the Prajipi mindset, which is the preps, jits and the hippies, and kind of putting it together yeah. in his own gumbo. So that's yeah. probably why we all had that kindred um, kind of, connection. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin, groups like that, I, I kind of went down those rabbit holes after I graduated from mm -hmm. high school. But mm -hmm. um, but in high school, it was definitely all the groups that we mentioned before, just all that stuff that was happening. So. Okay, the next question is, what is your latest project that you released? Explain how it all came together. Um, so I, I think the latest thing that we did was I guess it's between two different projects. So there's the higher up, deeper in thing yes. that we did. And then there's also like the acoustics. Yes, that the honey dipped acoustic set. Yeah. We did that as a special promotion for Record Store Day. Yeah. And actually that's still going until June 1st. Right. Where uh, there were 25 uh, record stores all over the U.S. that we sent a special batch of those two. And we had people, um, we took, you know, um, uh, pr promoted that people can go to those record stores and buy it, and that's the only place you can get right. that actual CD. It's a retro kind of take on the all-acoustic um, EP. Yeah, and, and so it's kind of weird because I think, like, the higher up, deeper end is kind of like us being in a situation that was very positive for us that after a while just kind of went past its aspiration date with respect to yeah. its usefulness and yeah. to its respect where it just stopped being something that was positive for us as far as growing yeah and leaving that situation and sometimes leaving that situation means that you leave you know people who you've grown and have great relationships with mm -hmm. but it's a hard thing to do yeah it I was mean, hard because yeah. sometimes you have to turn the page in order to grow yeah and i think that higher up deeper end is about that it's mm -hmm. it's an exploration and how you sometimes have to close the door mm -hmm. on one part of your life that was very central component of your life mm -hmm. to move into, you know, your next level and that's of a, existence. A nice so. transition too, because right. that's kind of what's behind the whole blooming Prajipi machine. Yes. Because Prajipi is the preps, jits, and hippies. We've had that. Right. You know, since I met you, you right. had that. Um, and you know, and I kind of just was there was a perfect fit for me. But then when we left the situation, um, I felt it was like pruning a plant, like yes. pruning a rose right. bush right. so that we could bloom. And so right. that was kind of the bloom of Prajipi. It's like, what can we become right. now that we're not attached to that and now that we know that we have potential that is way beyond where right. we've been settling? And that's the thing. It's, it's kind of weird because you have to, at certain points in your life, 
you have to leave those situations before they become toxic. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. what starts to happen is that consistent it you stay and you stay beyond a point that you know that you should be leaving. Mm -hmm. Then that's where resentment yeah. and you know and the, the thing of just and then low self-esteem for us. For yourself, but, but, right. then you, but then you start to take it out on other, other people. people. And yeah. you start to blame yeah. other people. Yeah. And, and and then you start, it, it's a mixed, misplaced, um, you know, feeling of hatred and mm -hmm. all the rest of that stuff right. that is placed upon them. Right. When really it's all on you. Because, right. you know, you ultimately you are the one that controls yeah. your destiny. You and, and so, so yeah, that's kind of what that's about. And then the, the acoustic set. I think is again about that same journey. So mm -hmm. um, and 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 looking more positively mm -hmm. about you know what tomorrow to has to bring. Right. right. So about the, at that time when we first released it, it was right at the beginning of spring. So right. You know the spring, the everything is opening up and getting green again, and the rain is 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 helping to water the ground and, and right. the ground is responding in kind. So yeah, yeah. It, it has a sunny kind of feeling to it. So. Yeah. So. Um, the next question is, um, who was your favorite artist that you've seen live? Why were they so good? Oh, shoot. Hey, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, oh, man. Uh, you know, wow. That's a tough one. I, I would probably say, uh, you know, we've always liked Prince. Yeah. Prince and I was about to say Prince for me, yeah. easy one, because it was one of my first concert experiences live. My mom, um, you know, she would break uh, every rule and, and, and take every penny yeah. and to get to live concerts and things. So that was my first one. And she took me to a gazillion Prince concerts, it seems like. But what I liked about it was him reworking songs on the fly. I liked the energy, you know, the dancing. And then, of course, he had the thing where he would turn out the lights and he'd be up on a speaker cabinet jumping down. It was just always excitement. It was just all areas. Yeah. It was the look that he would come out with. It was the drama of him entering the stage. It was just all of that. Yeah, so. Prince, Prince uh, was like the consummate artist, yeah. you know, with respect to... You know, showing that you, you had to have a certain level of performance. You had to have a certain level of you know, acumen when it came to the studio and writing songs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I would almost even take the studio part out of it for mm -hmm. Prince because, you know, I don't think Prince always had, like, the best sounding records. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, they weren't quote-unquote that. Mm -hmm. But I, I thought the songs, the sound of the, the records fit the song. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, um, so the musicianship, the arrangement of the songs, and then the ability to actually perform the songs. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, I think Prince has to kind of go at the top of the list. There are other people who are just outstandingly mm -hmm. great, you know, live. Um, you know, John Mayer is one of them. Oh, yeah. You know, he's just an awesome, the, 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 um, Dave Matthews Dave Band, Matthews band. Yeah. but you know, but again, I, I just don't know if anyone had that. Only other group I could really think of that just had it like that and just blew me away was I saw um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, and Earth, Wind, and Fire was unbelievable. Mm. I mean, you know, this is Umari's White. I mean, so I mean, they had the drums turning around and oh, things like wow. that. People think about that with Motley Crue and stuff like that. Earth, Wind, and Fire was doing back in wow. the seventies. Uh, Birdie and White was going up on strings and you know like a puppet and, oh, and wow. it was just it was, it was nuts out of, out of yeah world, it huh? was just just completely nuts and they still were playing live right so and, it, right. and, and you know and, and, and again Prince came up in this era you know I mean he came up in the era of James Brown he came up in the era of these guys that you know yeah they had great records but the live performance was just be, right yeah 
you know, yeah. through the roof. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you realize, okay, I got to bring it right. on all levels, mm-hmm. you know, in order to truly be a good entertainer. Yes, so. right. I like that. Yeah. Okay, um, let's see. Do you have plans to tour in 2019? Yeah, if we don't have plans to actually do a musical. Well, and actually, I was about to say, and it says, what are your favorite cities to perform? But we're not touring, but I guess travel. Yeah, is we're, a big, we're traveling. We're right. traveling, and we're we're capturing that experience. So we're vlogging and yeah. doing, Things you know, like yeah. right, and trying to find, like, the musical inspiration to those cities. And one of our favorite cities right now is Toronto. Yeah. And this will be our third time. We're heading there at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, this will be our third time going, and this time we plan to capture it so that we can share it. But that's, it, we just enjoyed the vibe, you know, so much about it. Yeah. Uh, we recently went to Paris. Um, you know, we've been to Austin now, um, New York. We went a while back. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be heading to Dallas. Yeah, well, San Antonio. Yeah, and then we're going to London. Oh, then we're going to London. Right. So, and we haven't been there yet, but right. so, but yeah. So just traveling in general and just yeah. experiencing um, cities, but through a musical le- uh, lens. Right. Like we're looking for musical and, and inspirational experiences to help us write more and and do more. Right. So maybe it's not touring live, but we're taking our our musical lifestyle on the road. Right. Um, what are your goals heading into 2019? Tour, new projects, relax. Uh, I would say new projects. So, yeah. um, you know, we, you know, kind of do things under, well, we, we got a couple of different band things going yeah. on. So I'd like to have another Projippies record come out. I was about yeah. to say, we are a machine. It's not right. just, we're two people, but we're like, Four different bands, so right, yeah. it, it 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 really is. We had a bourgeoisie paper jam, which is a higher up deep red. Yeah, we have the Prejippies, which is more experimental. Yeah, we're gonna have a little bit more of that coming out, and and that record is probably gonna hit on a whole bunch of different areas. And then then we have know, Tony Webb, who is the jazz bassist. Right, so so there'll be more bass so instrumental. So we're looking at at least three different projects. And probably then we kind of seem like we're heading up on a rock thing, but that'll probably be Prejippies. And then, of course, we always still have lingering in the back the techno and the right. other types of music. We have other areas. So we're music production, right? which encompasses a lot of different Yeah, um, so I would say bands. probably about three or four different projects. Yeah, and, and we're doing song, uh, the Song a Week yeah. um, challenge. So in that right. Song a Week, we do a song clip every week where we start something or work on something new. Right. And then the other... Um, we also post a new track to SoundCloud right. every week. That's a finished, a complete song. It, some of it's pulling from the vault of over 30 years, and right. then some of it is brand new that we're working on now. Right, and so and, and, and some of those things are things that will probably lead towards the, the project. projects that right. we're working on. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, is there one artist you could collaborate, if there was one artist you could collaborate with, who would that be and why? You know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of open to collaborating with anybody. And, okay. uh, you know, and, and the reason why is that I, I think you always learn and glean from other people mm-hmm. when you're open to doing that. So, you know, um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily restrict it to, to one particular to artist, one particular okay. artist like or that. so, you know, as much as I think that, you know, whether it's a hip hop artist or, you know, an artist that's doing rock or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, country artist, whatever. It's like I'm just really kind of open to see, well, you know, together. What could we come up yeah. with? Look, yeah, know, I like what, that. What would it lead to? And so. I guess for me, um, it would be now I'm looking to upgrade or up-level our visuals and our 
video and our photos. Right. So, so collaborating with those Yeah, with people and... who have like ideas. Right. It's not just about a picture. It's about a story. And yeah. so I'm trying to get people who have the same like edgy ideas. Right. So, you know, if that's you, please, please, please send right. us some, some, some links so we can see some of your work because we're yeah. ready to, to take it to the next level. Yeah. So, that's yeah. True. So for me, that would be who. Um, Let's see, how do you think the music industry has shifted over the last several years? Explain the pros and cons and how it impacts artists. And I think this is something we talked about on a recent episode yeah. a while back. So you might want to go through some of our older Gab and Jam episodes because we have even discussed is music now worse than ever, uh, community versus competition, um, branding that you should be worried, you should be concerned. Now, we love but- it. Yeah, but but to kind of address the, the question just quickly. Yeah. Um, it to me it's sort of like I think as far as artists being able to get their songs out there, um, to distribute their own product, I think it's better than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think where it it is tougher for artists is the fact that you you no longer make money mm-hmm. off your recorded material. Mm-hmm. You know, so the days of having this. You know, the days of Thriller, the days of Purple mm-hmm. Rain, the days of uh, Born in the USA, these mega mm-hmm. albums coming out, blockbuster albums, like a blockbuster film, mm-hmm. are over. Mm-hmm. You just will not see that anymore in the record industry. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not the way the industry is shaped anymore. So, so in that way, you know, just taking your recorded material and making money off of it, it's, it's just not the way, it's not out there anymore mm-hmm. for you. Uh, but as far as now the the level the playing field being a little bit more level mm-hmm. between you know an independent artist mm-hmm. and the the big big you know conglomerates out there that are running the major record labels, I think that thing is a lot you know closer than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And you just look at whether it's uh, Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. uh, or Brock or, Hampton, or, or, or Lil Nas X. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it, 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 again, it, these are these are people who are you know outsiders who basically infiltrated mm-hmm. into the music industry. You know, by ways of social media and mm-hmm. all the rest of these type of things. So, so there is that ability to do those mm-hmm. things, but. I think now you, you gotta be a little bit more creative mm-hmm. as far as how you're gonna make money, how you, you know, if you're gonna sustain something like that, mm-hmm. it's not just gonna happen just from putting out records. Right. That that day is over. So so in that sense, that that's the con. I mean, the upside is, like I was saying before, the opportunity is there are, for are anybody, for everybody. Plenty. Yes. Right. Um, finally, is there anything unique or interesting about yourself that we should include in the feature article? So I, you know, I think for us the the thing is is that I, we, you know, as I think any artist, you have your own voice, you mm-hmm. have your own perspective, and I think that's the thing for us is that when it comes to doing music, um, our approach has always been we're gonna put together things that we feel sound good. Mm-hmm. And so we and that we're passionate about. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and, and this is going to sound cliche, and that is that, you know, we, we don't necessarily look at genre. We don't no. look at any of that kind of stuff. And I don't think that you could classify what we do mm-hmm. in a specific genre. Right. You know, I, I you know, I, I just challenge you to do it. I, there's always going to be something mm-hmm. within the stuff that we're producing that kind of 
that just escapes mm-hmm. uh, a clear classification as mm-hmm. to where it fits. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what we do and mm-hmm. who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think for us is just always trying to find that tribe, you mm-hmm. know, because the part that's always been weird to me is that I can understand people, you know, not liking it, you know, people being apathetic about it. Mm-hmm. But what's always surprising to me is when it upsets people. Yeah. That's the part that I, I just never can understand. Right. Why are you angry about it? Right. You know, I mean, that's that again, I apathy, I don't like it. Right. And, you know, yeah. fine, that's that's good, but I don't yeah. understand why people get upset about it. So Yeah. 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 So that's pretty much what I have to say. And then also again I go back to what I said at the beginning that we are a machine that that we're a duo, but it's so much more than music. I mean, now it's, it's the podcast, it's the YouTube channel, it's the blog, it's Facebook groups that we're running. It is everything. It's the music production. We're, we're doing music uh, sync licensing. So yeah. it's everything. It's, it's Well, that's that's kind of going back to that point again. You, you can't just, you can't establish yourself within this industry by just, you know, trying to put out records mm-hmm. and that's just it. You know, it's just now you, you have to you have to think in a 360 mm-hmm. um, way about what you do. Mm-hmm. You, you have to you have to do that, and you have to control all of these aspects of what you do. Mm-hmm. And but I, I think that you know what you can do is that you can actually control it. You know, from an artistic perspective. What do you mean? You know, just with everything you. you look at it, you know, through an artistic lens. So you, you look at your marketing mm-hmm. through an artistic lens. So meaning that you think about ways to, to market that serves the music, mm-hmm. that right. to market right. that's honest to you as an artist. Yeah, that's um, true. Which is not always something that you would get if you were with some major company. Right. Now, now, you probably wouldn't be as successful either. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same token, you will find yourself being true to the art. So... So, and, and, and to me, at this juncture, I think that is more important mm-hmm. than just trying to figure out how to make money. Yeah, at this point, yeah. yeah. All right, so that'll do it. Um, as always, if you dig the vibe, be sure to subscribe. And we're wishing you love, peace, and chicken grease. See you later. Bye-bye.